Hi everyone, this podcast is a follow-up of the previous talk we had with Manu Van Dorn, Director of Research at Jesse Labs. The Jesse Labs researches the impact new technologies have on today's organisations. In the previous podcast, he explained the concept of disruptive innovations. Building upon the lessons from that discussion, we will now look at 10 design principles of new digital competition. We will be looking into the face of the new competition, multi-billion startups or unicorns, as they are sometimes known, exploring what makes them so special and highlighting what we can learn from them. So hi Menno, and thanks for doing the second podcast for us. Hi Samantha. Um, so, a new Suggesti Labs report, new digital competition. What do we mean by that phrase? Well, I can tell you, we had a, a long discussion about one word in the title. Uh, it's called new digital competition and not the new digital competition. And, and we chose for new digital competition because it, it's more about the, the rules of the game that are changing and everybody uh, also, the income, also the the traditional players uh, can play that game, whereas the new digital competition directly would draw all the attention to all these new players. So we we, we really wanted to to sketch this out as a uh, new game and and not just facing giving giving the new comp competitors a, a face. And of course, the word word new means that there was also all digital competition. I think we're all aware of that. But they're doing things differently. That's the reason. Okay. Brilliant. So what, what are they doing differently? What makes them so special? Well, there's some funny things about them. So first of all, I would say <laughs> what we can learn from them, that you can be, you can be successful in a market of, uh, let's say, money, food, uh, cars, hotels, without owning them, which is, which is uh, quite interesting. And of course, we know the examples. Uh, but uh, the fact that that there's a new breed of players that that use the um, um, assets of others, uh, parts of them being the shared economy. Um, well, that's that's definitely one thing that makes them special. But there, there are many more, and there's many more to learn from them than only only the effect. I would say. Yes, and I, I think I read something quite interesting the other day about new companies like the ones that you're talking about, that they don't have their own assets. Um, for example, Airbnb is completely built upon people sharing their own homes. Um, Uber, of course, is taxi drivers um, all working together under one company umbrella. So it really is a, a very interesting um, kind of stance um, and, and a way of operating, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and 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 as, as you mentioned, so these are the examples that most of the people know. But uh, it could be any asset. I mean, you don't need to 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 have a kitchen to be in the food business, for instance. Um, there's a famous, at least in Dutch, it's famous. It's called thuis afgehaald, where people share their dinners with other people, and the assets mm -hmm. that that thuis afgehaald is using is everybody's kitchen, and it's a it's a fantastic concept, and and there are many of uh, I've looked at uh, in my own neighborhood. I live in Utrecht, and there are at least thirty of them in my direct surrounding where I can knock on the door and get a wow. a, a very good meal. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 the other one is a car. I don't I don't own a car, so 
So there are uh, there's green wheels here where I live, and there are ten of those. I think in a, maybe 200 meters, so I can always go there and uh, take my smartphone and open the door and drive the car. So that's uh, uh, you know that's 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 all becoming part of this new reality of how we can use assets. And I think things are very different from even five years ago. Things have changed a lot, haven't they? Yes, they are, and, and, and this is really the flip from talking about the possibilities of the change and the, the speed of change and things that are going now, which is, which is now, you know, everybody gets it, so you don't have to explain anymore a new business model because people are directly understanding what the business model is and they want to use it because the, most of the services are so easy to, to understand and to, and to use. Absolutely. So, uh, moving on, there are 10 design principles of new digital competition. Which, well, first of all, what are they and which is the most important for success, in your opinion? Well, there's a funny one. Uh, there's a, so, there's one that we call act now and apologize later. And I think that's easy to understand what it means. Um, and you see all the newcomers doing that. And it, I think it, it, it would help if the traditional organizations would use that um, Maxim uh, uh, too, I'm, and there's politics I know of, but uh, you know, be brave, act, because it's a lot more rewarding to be disruptive yourself. And mm, when you compare it to, to five years ago or something, the ROI on innovation is, is just mm -hmm. a lot bigger. So uh, dare to, to use the technology and change. So act now, as later, is one that I very much like. Um, there's another one about APIs. API first, it's called. It's also something that you can you can actually uh, do without completely changing your organization and 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 be successful in this new area. So there's examples of companies who are doing this and they just open their APIs in an uh, open innovation way and let other people do the the innovations at the customer side, but still use the services that your own organization is using. It's one uh, and that I very much like. But there's a lot more to say about, I mean, the, it, yes, ex we are explaining the 10 principles. And I can tell you a funny story. Let's call it an interesting story. Um, the companies are, these companies are called two-sided market players. And um, the Nobel Prize for the economics was won last year by someone called Jean Tirole. He's a Frenchman. And he okay. did research on those players. And what he especially researched was the possibility of creating a monopoly from a platform or two-sided market player. And here comes the interesting part. So normally our government would protect the citizens against the, these kind of players because they have the potential to raise the market price. You pay more if there's a monopoly. Yeah. But now we see those players and we see the possibility that um, they lower the price, or you don't pay anything. It's called the, the freemium model. Mm -hmm. You don't pay for uh, for your email. You don't pay for Facebook. And there are also models um, and companies mm -hmm. putting on free city lighting, for instance, in return of the intelligent systems of the city lighting in the city and, and getting all the data. And I find this intriguing. So. The possibility. So at least it, I would say, the fact that he won 
the Nobel Prize for these kind of players is not a coincidence. I see it as a, an important signal. And secondly, uh, the fact that they can become so powerful and, and still give services uh, free or almost nothing, it, it creates new questions for the governments in, um, for all the governments in the world. Because what, what do you do with all these powers? Should you fight it? And how should you fight yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. And I think we see that kind of around the world um, in different countries, for example, um, around China and Facebook and, and Google and things like that. Do they, do they use it to their advantage or do they stop citizens using it? I mean, it must be a difficult decision to make. It can be an easy decision just to go after the money. That's a serious talk of governments. They're always after money, of course, but uh, now they say, okay, why they are earning so much money and they become so powerful. Well, we should take money back. That's uh, the discussion led by Piketty, for instance. We should take the money back and uh, distribute it to the citizens. And now we are, you know, we are paying with our own data, but uh, they get the money. So this is this is all happening now. Um, sure. If we go back to the design principles for a second, can um, current companies just copy and paste those principles into their own, own, own organizations, or is there a bit more to it than that? Well, yes, I would say you can copy and paste them, but but you know first understand them, copy and paste them. I mean, act now, apologize later. Yes, you can copy paste them, but you won't, don't want to get fired, for instance. So uh, uh, mm -hmm. there's a tension, and there's a tension on all these principles, of course, because you're doing you're doing you're changing the company. So copy paste the principle, yes, but you know getting your colleagues into this new game and uh, an understanding that this is important. I think that's the that's the main message. So these are, I would say there are 10 entry points to change your organization. That's, the, that's mm -hmm. maybe a better formulation of, of, of this list. Yeah, but the overall, overall is, of course, sorry? I said that's a very good explanation of it, I think. Yeah, uh, an entry point. I would like to see it as an entry point. Mm. Great. So, in, in your mind, what is the main difference between the newcomers and the traditional players? Well, a lot of the newcomers are very aggressive. Um, not saying that the incumbents are not aggressive, but most of the newcomers are, are at least more aggressive. And, and one thing that they are after is, you know, the weaknesses. I would say the weaknesses of, of the traditional parties. And this relates to some, something that's called uh, the great unbundling. So let's take, for instance, a bank. And what would a newcomer in the market say? Uh, a bank is doing a lot, but they're not doing everything very well. Uh, so, be, And that's because of the fact that, that uh, they are very much differentiated. A newcomer enters the market, and they just take a, a very small piece of the services of a bank and be better at that little piece. And that's where the difficulty, you know, or the power, so to say, from the newcomers is and the weakness of the existing players are. And I think it's more and, and more becoming that technology is that thing that, especially in the finance sector, newcomers are doing better than the traditional players. 
Yes, not only in the financial sector, but, but yes, definitely in the financial sector. Um, but, but, and also imagine, so what does it mean if you um, don't have uh, assets yourself? We, we talked about it in the first po podcast. So the essence of the success of these new players is, is the matchmaking they do. That's why they're called two-sided market players. So they are obsessed with pleasing you and pleasing me if we are both uh, on a different side. So I'm the taker, you're the bringer, or the sender and the receiver, whatever kind of um, two-sided market you have. So if that's your obsession, it's very likely that you're better in, in delivering uh, the engagements to, to the customer than if you are if, then if you're not, if you're fo more fo focused on your traditional assets, your um, uh, legacy, and, and uh, whatever, whatever. So I think yeah. this relates to the success also. Okay. Um, so if we think about all of this and do a little recap, what's your final advice? What should the establishment do? Um, Act fast. That would be my. Yeah, it sounds stupid as I say it now. You know, act fast. But you know, if it all boils down to this incredible speed of innovation, and um, you know, the, the new market models are called sharkfish, for instance, uh, or big bang disruption, and all these words, these new words, and uh, that we are using on on the possibilities of technology are, are related to speed. Now, speed in itself, combined with stupidity, of course, is not very, uh, a very good thing. Uh, um, so you act to, you act to have to act uh, in a clever way. If you don't act, it's just an invitation to become irrelevant. Mm, and if definitely. that understanding is, if that understanding has been in your organization, then you're well equipped, I would say, to become a at least a faster mover than than you are. And, and by the way, this this is you know a general I would say a general advice to every organization, um, our own organization, whatever. Of course, absolutely. I think that that concludes um, this podcast really nicely, to be honest. So thank you, Menno, very much. It's been um, great talking to you today. Um, the full re uh, design to disrupt research reports can be found on the Sujeti.com website. Thank you for listening. <laughs>